0: Genius, it takes a lot to get on my show Genius, you're probably someone we'd like to know You're really good at stuff, you probably like to dance You like long walks and you wear clean pants Genius, get on to my show Howdy folks, welcome to Living with a Genius I'm your host Omar Crook So I bought this new mixing board, Soundcraft... Signature 10 it's a beautiful piece of equipment <clears throat> that I just don't know how to use. I've had three interviews using this new thing and a, and the new interface right into the computer. I used to I used to record into a Zoom H4N which was really easy. I liked it and I thought, "You know what? I'm going to upgrade. I'm going to make it sound a little bit better. It has this nice preamp, make the voice sound a little smoother." I don't know what I don't know what I was thinking. Whatever. The thing didn't come with any instructions. So consequently, I've had three interviews that don't sound great. I mean, I I've, I just did one that I'm going to have to redo. As a matter of fact, the 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 guys are going to have to come back over to the house to get it done. Um, and it makes me feel terrible. It makes me feel like I don't know what I'm doing, and I guess because I don't know what I'm doing. So uh, anyway, I don't know how you guys feel, but when that when things like that happen, I feel so. I just feel so incompetent, and I feel so down on myself. I don't. Uh, it really sends me into a little bit of a tailspin. I've got to really develop some. Some tools um, That help me deal With uh, not being super successful At certain things I just, you know what I don't know how to use a mixing board And so you're gonna Like for instance with this interview I've got Dale Trumbore. She's a a lovely, lovely gal Really sweet girl Uh, Terrific composer I was so happy that she came over She was so pleasant Uh, I had a really nice chat with her It it wasn't a struggle Um, She's, you know Just one of those things, like a great guest. I was so excited, and I had my new mixing board out, and I set it all up, and I was using a borrowed mic. I was using this, uh, Michael Nielsen, a friend of mine, lent me this beautiful Shure SM7B mic, which is a mic that I've dreamed about, actually. You know, I've been wanting to buy a couple, but I only have the one, so then I had a different kind of mic on, on Dale. And of course, I could not get them to sound the same, and I, I was fumbling around, and then I, because I'm fumbling with the, the damn mixer, I can't focus on what she's saying. You know, it's just a bit, it just spiraled out of control. So I'm sure uh, you won't notice much. I, uh, the volumes are different. Like my my mic that I used for the interview is a little softer than than the mic that she was using, but it really bothers me. So I, you know what? I think I just have to get over it. Oh, yeah, and to top it off, I've done three interviews with this uh, mixing board. Uh, Dale's was not so great. I, I've got another one uh, that, that was okay. Uh, I kind of tried to figure it out. But, the, but here's the thing. I bought this mixing board to have a band come over and record them. Really, really nice guy, Levi Petrie and uh, Sean Novak, his bass player. I said, oh, come on over. Yeah, I'll promote your show. It's coming up. Uh, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you right now. Because I don't have the interview. It was so bad, they're going to have to come back in the next day or two and re-record the damn thing. I mean, it's, it's, really, it's really embarrassing. Anyway, Levi Petrie. He's got a CD uh, release party coming up at the Villains Tavern Saturday, August 20th. Starts at 9 o'clock. It's free, people. Absolutely free. It's downtown LA at 1356 Palmetto in downtown LA. Also featuring Nakona. And the High Life Cajun Band. So you need to go check out Levi Petrie. He's a a really sweet guy from Louisiana. Uh, Really great voice. Great guitar player. And you know what? Hopefully you're going to hear it in the next day or two. Because I'm going to try and put it up. If I can get something that that sounds decent. I mean, I don't know. If anybody has any tips, just come over and and walk me through this. I don't know if I said earlier. uh, But this thing didn't come with any instructions. I mean, the whole thing is just... Really fr- I'm staring at it right now. Uh, and I think it's working. It works well when I'm by myself. It's kinda like it's kinda like being a singer. You know, in the practice room, you can you can sing anything. And then suddenly your grandma comes over and you can't squeak out happy birthday. So that's where I am. Anyway, here's Dale Trumbore. All right, let's see if this is working. It's yeah, it looks like it is. All right. It's nice to see you.
1: It's you nice too. to meet you. Yes, you too. Thanks for coming over. Yeah. Are you nervous? No, I mean I've
0: Have you done it. I before? hate
1: public speak or you not do? this isn't public speaking right now at least. Um but I, I don't you know. You do? Why is that? I don't know. I've learned to get better at it and to like <laughs> it more. But do you take uh, to- uh, to go to toast? No. No. <laughs> no. I think I read a book on on it once, but
0: Oh, that's funny. Well, yeah. that's nice. I mean yeah. uh I could tell by your correspondence that um, I I mean I could tell that you're highly educated and that you come from a family that values uh, that type of follow-up with correspondence. Like, uh-huh. I would imagine that you're the type of person that would actually write letters and correspond with people. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I used to be, but now I just spend like hours constructing emails. When know. I send, them, I proofread them for like an hour, and it's like <laughs> meaningless emails. And then, yeah, I'm the
0: same way. Like, I, there's this. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a wave of ignorance or if it's just not caring about how you come across in emails. But every time I go on Facebook, especially with like political posts and things, the most vitriolic and the most right-wing and the most the craziest reactionary people are always the ones with the worst grammar and spelling.
1: Uh huh. With like all lowercase and yeah. just. And if, them, the yeah, and if you of call them, yeah. If you call on it you're for like, no reason, exactly. And, yeah,
0: then you're a grammar Nazi. Yeah, that's what they say.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't understand that. I don't. I don't get it. I come from a family of writers, actually. Oh, you do. So it's, it's weird that I'm not really a writer. Although maybe someday that'll change. But
0: well, I mean, going through your website, you, um, I mean, you're very plain in saying that you are in love with text. Yeah. And so, it, rather than what you're saying is rather than creating your own text, you you seek it out but you seek out great material
1: thanks yeah i I put a lot of thought into what i'm setting and and i have i have a database of like a hundred poems that i want to set in the future oh that's nice um most of them are by the same i think it's seven authors that i work with pretty regularly who Um,
0: and they're living they're living
1: yeah living living writers um my my aunt uh julie kane was the poet laureate of louisiana so that's that, that's how I got my start, right, setting yeah. living authors. That let's was talk, yeah. Let's
0: start there. All yeah. right. So let so you so are did you did you grow up in Louisiana? Is that where you're from? or No, no? I'm Not from New all. Jersey. You are. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um.
0: And what did your parents do?
1: They well, so my dad is editor in chief for a small newspaper in Milburn, New Jersey, and my mom uh, was in children's publishing as an editor, then was in educational publishing as an editor, and now is writing children's books, uh, one of which just got a nice little New York Times feature uh so that's great and they yeah okay so and then i I have another aunt who's um who's actually in town in la now so i'm gonna see her tonight which is great they live in texas um but she uh has been the editor-in-chief for uh different magazines and
0: uh so it really runs in the family
1: it's yeah it's just writers writers everywhere and And then me
0: and when you yeah when you were growing up did you think Oh, I'm going to be a writer. I'd like to do that. Or did you at like at a very young age, did you say, oh, I don't want to do what my parents do?
1: I I mean, I, I thought about it and I, <clears throat> I almost um, sophomore year of high school, I almost took a journalism. It came down to journalism or music theory and mm-hmm. I took music theory. And it was it was a close call. I was like, oh, maybe I want to go into magazine journalism, and obviously, I didn't. And yeah. well, that boy, that was a, Set I mean, my entire music career and magazine path.
0: Journalism, boy, that's a. Tough, I know it's jeez
1: things that have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> well, but it's like um, there
0: are twelve magazines left too. That was, yeah, yeah that was I know.
1: <laughs> Composing, you make no money, or you just don't have in <laughs> yeah, industry. Exactly. Um, exactly. But no, I I uh, I'm really happy with what I do because I work a lot with text. Sure. So that's now, you said yeah. it was
0: in high school that you had the choice of taking music theory? Yeah. Did, we, did you go to a performing arts high school? Um, didn't I music, didn't. I don't think we'd had music theory. I didn't.
1: I went to a good high school, but it was a public school. Um, the music department was really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, my choral teacher, um, Barbara Barbara Klemp, uh, was mm-hmm. wonderful and um, let me arrange, what did I arrange? It was and All That Jazz from Chicago. Sure. I arranged that for my chorus that I was in and they did it junior year of high school and that was was have kind core, of.
0: Did you do the choreography for it too, or no? Nice? No, we weren't.
1: We weren't that kind of choral program. But uh, would have been fun if we were. Uh, that's nice. Um, all right. So yeah. you were in
0: New Jersey, and yep. you uh, you went through high school there. And are your parents still in New Jersey?
1: They are still in New Jersey. You Eventually, have... they're going to retire and move somewhere. Because but... you don't
0: have an accent at all.
1: That's what people out did here say, and I'm like, yourself? I don't know. I know maybe. No, you I don't think Hollywood, I've ever then. had. Let me tell you <laughs> yeah. what happened.
0: You got to Hollywood and you took classes on getting rid of that. <laughs>
1: no, I think I know maybe 3 people from high school who actually have a New Jersey accent. And, that's it? and most people don't. Well, I'm from I'm from northern New Jersey too, oh. like closer to New York. I know. Mm-hmm. It's a well big healed. difference there. Yes. But um no, I I loved growing up in New Jersey yeah. and uh we have woods in the backyard. It's not like we're uh, in living acrylic. in the middle of a pharmaceutical plant i don't know what people assume yeah, when they we're yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah, the, on the, the, the shore we're not on the shore either in your backyard yeah, and, yeah. no we have sure. woods and or my, my parents have woods that's nice yeah
0: well, that's something that we don't have here and i mean i guess yeah. we do but you have to drive to it it's like you either drive to get groceries and it takes an hour or you drive to the woods and it takes an hour right but, you know you always everything groceries. takes an hour yeah <laughs> it used to be 20 minutes but now right, takes right. An hour. yeah
1: <laughs> so have you, you seen clueless movie clueless oh, i always yeah. think of that that line they're yeah, like yeah, yeah. everything in LA like she's in the middle she's in the valley or something he's like the, the dad yeah, is like come home everything minutes. if you were in LA it'll take 20 minutes yeah it's like no it's it'll take an hour no, yeah it's
0: not true you know but... I, I was talking to a, a friend of mine last night just about this very thing how um <laughs> since I've been born there are twice as many people on the planet mm-hmm. and that's crazy uh, and that's yeah you really feel it in LA yeah that's I, I think LA is one of my favorite cities I've had I've been very lucky to travel a lot and I I love LA. Yeah. But the traffic just kills me. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so you came out to go to college. Is that how you got uh,
1: out here? I came out for grad school. So I went to um, undergrad at the University of Maryland in okay. College Park mm-hmm. uh, and then came out here for my master's mm-hmm. in composition again. Mm-hmm. And my undergrad degree actually is a double major in English and music. I see. So I, I did sort of get that in with in like the, a poetry focus. Yeah. focus, and Yeah. Okay. Um but then now it's just
0: composing yeah 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 Yeah. and did you grow up playing any instruments yeah um i've
1: played piano since i was seven and took lessons all through grad school
0: did you enjoy them when you started or did you have to sit there and
1: i had i had a few phases where i would i I was okay about practicing i was never amazing Mm -hmm. with practicing Mm -hmm. um but I would practice and then when it came time for the lesson I would be like I don't want to go like this is horrible but so was but I always went yeah it was most yeah kids are not that way yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. but my parents were always like no you're going to go and then once I was at the lesson it was it was fine and were your parents like I loved musical my teacher at all
0: like uh, just uh, they... vocationally
1: um, yeah, just on on the side, um, my dad's uh, or my dad's parents and my grandparents um, would play lots of classical music, like operas and symphonies nice. and things. And my dad has a really good knowledge of all of that, and we'll sing around the house, just like he'll just make up songs about things, sure. and, like sing while he's doing the dishes or something. Sure. Um And then my mom loves musical theater, and so she'd play musical theater, just anything, like lots of Gershwin, and, and so yeah. I grew up loving all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it just seemed
0: t- totally normal. Yeah. Same with me. I mean, I grew up listening to show tunes. My mom loved yeah. Broadway shows. Same thing. How it's did a... you
1: go from that into opera?
0: Well, it's funny because I, it was, i I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I'll give you the brief story. I, I was also a writer. I had been accepted to UCLA's creative writing program, hmm. which at the time was, I think it's still pretty good. It was very good at the time, and um, and I had dropped out of college, and I had taken tons of um. GED work at junior colleges two junior colleges Mm -hmm. to be exact and um, I don't know the girl I was with at the time said you should go back to college and this is ridiculous and so I uh, went to Santa Monica College and tried to sign up for this one class I needed to get into UCLA to transfer Mm -hmm. and that class wasn't open and I took a singing class Mm -hmm. and then I was offered a scholarship by the end of the semester and I never sung I didn't you know Yeah. so it was just really serendipitous in some ways um, and I, I also remember my grandfather had the three, had a Pavarotti three cassette tape box set uh-huh. and Pavarotti's on the cover is Pagliaccio, you know, with his clown makeup and everything beating the drum. <laughs> and I remember listening to that while they were out to lunch one day or something. And I don't know. I just, I really liked it. I never took it seriously, uh, mm-hmm. until I, uh, got into college and started over basically as a musician. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, I was in no way groomed to do it. I, yeah. I wasn't, I mean, we had a piano in the house, but it was, I never took piano lessons or anything <laughs> like that. And I'm trying to do that with my son now. and try try and do something closer to what your parents did. Yeah. to all sorts of music all the time. We try and dance together every yeah. couple of days at least That's to great. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you came out to USC to your yes. grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, and you at that point you were really just composing yeah yep and how did you uh i mean i look at your website and you've got so much material how did how did that start did you start producing material when you were in high school or when you were in yeah you you were i
1: actually just had a piece um sing to the lord which is a kind of a fast it becomes a fast-paced uh choral piece Mm -hmm. um it was just done at the i think it was the southern division acda or mm-hmm. maybe southeast division um and i wrote it in 2005 so it's like an older piece yeah, in the catalog yeah. Uh, yeah. and that was surprising um, because i look
0: at you, you see, you're really i mean for the breadth of work that you've created you're so young i just it's really impressive i uh you know i just don't run into that very often and i find that with my guests the people that are most prolific that way are the ones that have a passion very early on so it seemed like you really knew what you wanted to do from a young age
1: yeah no i've been i've been writing choral music in particular i write i mean i write chamber music and i've written for orchestra too but choral music i've been writing since i was 16 or i've been i've been doing it since i was like 13 but i've been having it performed since i was 16 or 17 wow which is really kind of crazy when you you think about that Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah yeah So tell me about your experience Mm. at USC. When you came out, did you feel uh, like you fit in right away? Did you struggle getting to know people? How did you? Because I know that composers can be kind of uh, introverted, and uh, (laughs) they can. You know know what (laughs) I mean. So how does that go? How does that
1: work? Um, Well, first of all, the the composers I met at USC are some of the most social and friendly, and just wonderful people. uh, Especially when it comes to composers, who sometimes can be kind of antisocial and yeah, awkward yeah. and i think
0: that's california are those the I students don't, that I california don't know
1: there maybe uh-huh. i don't know if that has or, or maybe it's the the faculty and the yeah. and the school it's very i mean war- i want to say warm it's yeah, yeah. literally warm of course but everyone's very friendly and welcoming uh okay. but when i got there i was the only one in my master's class so I don't know how that happened. Um, I had a teaching assistantship. So I was like, I'm coming, like, yes, and you're you paying me to get my yourself. master's, I will how be there. That, how did that work? Uh, <laughs> I, taught, I taught music <laughs> theory classes. I see. Um, and yeah, and was the only one in my class. So I had to ask the people in the class above me for f- things like fi- anything, figuring out the scheduling or yeah. the things where usually everyone kind job. of fig- figures yeah. it out together, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that first year, I kind of bonded with the first year uh, DMA students, mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second year, the class below me uh, was just full of really amazingly talented, wonderful people, including my boyfriend, um, my, my best friend in yeah, L.A., yeah. and uh, another close friend and another friend who's just had a wonderfully successful career. So it's it's amazing that in that one class, the, the second year I was there... The first year class was just full of these wonderful people, and I kind of, you know, thought of myself as part of that. But yeah, the yeah. first year I got there, I felt kind of, kind of lost. I knew no one in Los Angeles. Did you
0: leave anybody behind at home, a boyfriend or
1: anything like that? Y- yeah, you I did. Had had a, a, yeah. Yeah. How would that go? That was not. I mean, it it lasted for a year long distance, and then and then it kind of it should have ended before it did. Yeah, but, that's tough. But he was a good friend before, and then it was i don't know are you guys
0: still are you guys still talking or i mean we are talking yeah. again yeah, yeah, yeah. So He's in the
1: a, friend group and i think it's not a huge that's drama. fine yeah 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 yeah. It, it ended up being okay but it was still you know it's always
0: yeah it's, i mean or it's did you get into some other time. i mean did you get into some other colleges that you were <laughs> thinking about or was usc your I top bet i
1: thought about this is another weird like i would have a completely different career mm-hmm. um i almost went to miu for film scoring uh oh. and presumably would be you know all in with that yeah. and just would have an absurdly different career going have you done right any now. film scoring? i have not i have not and so i
0: i've got a very close personal friend yeah. who had a brush well he's he wanted to do film scoring originally he came to usc and left after a day and then <laughs> decades later mm-hmm. he got involved with some very very high profile movie scoring and uh I think it's funny because choral composers in particular seem to, not seem to, I mean, they have total control over every single note that, that you <laughs> put down. You you are under some time constraints if you take a commission or mm-hmm. you obviously have a deadline for a premiere or whatever. But the film scoring business is profoundly different that way. Yeah, You're really a cog in yeah. a giant, giant corporate machine. Yeah. And uh, did you... What, that i don't know why i even went into that but why did you (laughs) decide not to do that well i think is is that part of it
1: i mean i i part of it is i have been writing choral music and chamber music since i was really young and if i'd wanted i'm sure if i'd gone to grad school i I would have had an in Mm -hmm. right i would have met lots of people and then Mm -hmm. if i wanted to do it now i'd kind of have to start from the bottom Mm -hmm. um in terms of growing that as a career and i I've always sort of thought if eventually, if in 20 years I'm successful enough, then maybe like I'll have a piece that gets licensed in film or something. You know, there's other yeah. ways to get, sure, to get your that work sort of out thing that, happening. But, um, yeah, you don't write for don't TV know. or
0: anything? Never done that?
1: No, I wrote, I wrote, um, a soundtrack for a friend's short film in college. That uh-huh. was the extent of my film scoring.
0: Uh-huh. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. In GarageBand. That was yeah, 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 okay, was- <laughs> yeah. We were
0: just talking before we started the mics. So I was t- talking about this doing everything in logic, which is just killing me, but I, I don't seem to know any other way. So, if any of you out there uh, have some advice for me, just give me a ring. Um, okay, so you're at grad school, and do you start? Mm. How does that work? Do you is it in effect like taking a, a commission and you have a deadline to produce some work for that year, or that semester? Or how, how it does- is
1: to some extent, okay. um, like they they one of the I think the most wonderful opportunities uh, for the USC students, the composers, um, is the new mu- new music for orchestra program okay. um, where uh, the students get to hear orchestra wor- orchestral works performed. Um, and that's, that's rare yeah. at a university because yeah. it is, it's so many people mm-hmm. and so much, usually there's just so much time and energy yeah. invested in that that most schools don't offer that. And mm. USC does it every year. And, and uh, is it,
0: uh- how i uh, do do um composing students compete against themselves for that spot or they how, do how does that, usually there's about i think
1: five to seven slots open uh-huh. and so they pick the faculty gets together and picks uh which pieces will be performed I although see. usually not everyone has a new orchestra piece every year that would be yeah kind of insane uh, an insane yeah. work schedule unless yeah. that's all you were doing was right. writing all these orchestra pieces right. but um but they do have a deadline for that so um I, I wrote a piano concerto when I, was, when I was there, and that deadline, it was right, I think it was the Monday after Thanksgiving break, mm-hmm. and so I didn't go home for Thanksgiving, I wasn't planning on that anyway, um, and I had a, another friend who was applying to the deadline, and we had Thanksgiving together with one other friend, and then both went to the practice room and just composed like the whole night, uh-huh. all the way through uh-huh. Thanksgiving, which yeah, is yeah, not yeah. the best way to th- well. spend your Thanksgiving, but somehow I finished the piece for that deadline. Some of your, be-
0: some of my best work comes at the 11th hour, frankly. Yeah. I mean, some people are like that. Yeah. You know, I don't know. You, you seem to be a little bit more meticulous. I tend,
1: I've gotten that way. I used to be one of those, like, all through college papers, you know, I at midnight, midnight I'm, yeah. I'm typing away, and two in the morning I'm finishing it. Yeah. And, um, but I've gotten much better at spacing yeah, yeah, yeah. things out, especially yeah. since you, you kind of have to if commissions line up. Like right now I'm finishing, I have a piece due Monday. Actually, for the University of Maryland, um, it's, it's an alum commission, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad that came through. Yeah. Um, and then I have another uh, deadline at the end of August, and I've I've started that piece. But I and I had one actually August, August second. I finished a song cycle, so this is insane. But I've been preparing for these deadlines to all bump up against each other yeah, yeah. since. Three months ago, but it's still now that it's crunch time. I'm a little sure. Sure. Yeah.
0: You made it today. Thank
1: you. Yeah, Uh, I'm going to go home and compose later. But
0: when you say song cycle, do you have a singer in mind that you write for in particular?
1: Um, I did with this one. um, uh, Jaira Sanchez. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's singing the songs at the um, Unsung Festival, which Mm -hmm. is through Lori's List. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's August. When is it? The 21st, I think. And where's that? Um, That's in Glendale. Oh, great. Okay. And
0: is it up on your website?
1: Uh, it's not. It should be. Uh-oh. I've kind of given up. I used to list all the upcoming events yeah. and it just. Yeah, you just. It's kind of like what. Uh, week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. I kind of. They go up on Facebook. So you support. And, so yeah,
0: uh, let me go back a little bit. So when you came out to LA, did you find. I mean, did the position at USC pay you enough to live solely on that income or did you have to do some other work?
1: It was so it's and it's an I,
0: expensive town
1: it it is yeah. it is I think it was ten thousand dollars I don't know if it's gone up in the five years since I've graduated, but mm-hmm. it was ten thousand dollars a year, and they paid it um I think they paid it, but they they did not pay it over the summer months, so you got the stipend divided evenly over the yeah, so I realized i Jeez. could get I could pay my rent and then I could get like food, but I couldn't also get gas or oh I couldn't. <laughs> So I, that's actually when I started, I started um, babysitting, which I hadn't done since high school. Yeah. And then I, that turned into nannying. Uh, and the, I, I also taught piano and then stopped nannying. And now I teach piano part time. Although oh. I might, I might actually be cutting back on that. Really? A bit. Um, and but, so
0: that started, that started when you were in grad school and you just have been doing
1: that yeah well when I graduated then obviously there was no more stipend and so I realized that I could I've always I've always um tried to build in time in my schedule for composing Mm -hmm. so I knew I didn't want a nine to five Mm -hmm. um because I I like interned in college and I've done that part-time and it's I just I'm so drained and I have no energy left for writing so I always knew I'd be looking for part-time really flexible work and Uh so I nannied for a little bit and then I and then I Teach piano, and you now. still teach piano, yeah.
0: yeah. And what what ages do you teach?
1: I teach uh six through sixteen.
0: And do you do it at your home? I go work? to them. Oh, you do. Yeah. Okay.
1: But well, it's, that's nice. so You yeah. can really set your own schedule. I can. I and can. You say that you're it's phasing three, it out. Three days a week. You're phasing yeah, it out. Yeah, uh-huh. maybe. I don't know if I should. Hopefully, my piano well, no, students are listening. Well, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> I mean it's, a, it's a slow process. And I, I do. I adore my students. Like sure. it's gotten to the point where I don't. I don't have any that I don't love wow. right now. Um, so it's gonna be hard eventually to stop teaching if mm-hmm. I do that. And I might there I might try to keep a few. There are a few where they're like nine years old or something, yeah. and I'm like, you could major in music. Like wow. you could go to school right now and wow. yeah. And like be a music major freshman because they're already into they're like into music theory or they're just really, wow. really talented or composing or all three and Okay. And that makes it a joy to teach them.
0: But the goal is to compose. The goal
1: time. is to, yes. Yes. So. Wow. It's kind of a, a mix of both. And I, I was looking at my schedule for the spring and I I realized I might, like the choice might be made for me where mm-hmm. if i'm just canceling lessons all the time mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. won't want to take lessons yeah, yeah, with yeah. me yeah. so but that's kind of i mean that's a, i'm not complaining this is a wonderful sure. position to be in and i'm really excited sure. that things are going well
0: so just between those two things you support but, yourself in los angeles by yourself i basically. do yeah wow yeah and would you say that the the as far as the composition side that is the lion's share of your income from commissions or is it from publishing
1: it's from most of it right now is from commissions uh-huh. um and then performance royalties sometimes, and uh score sales are a, a small percentage right now that hopefully will get larger i see uh, as my music gets out there more yeah but, yeah yeah,
0: and is it, yeah. is your music primarily performed uh regionally or is it in colleges or high schools, or what it's what's your target all of the all above of those, I guess, uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. kind of
1: high school and up, so like community choruses and college choirs and I see. And then I've gotten back into writing chamber music uh, lately, more so than than usual. Are there so, any
0: players that you call every time to to do those things?
1: Um, like people that yeah, I can yeah, just yeah. call out yeah, of blue and say, and "Do you, my do you play music? the piano for I yourself?" I you do. I um, I'm gonna actually the art songs that are uh, being premiered in Glendale. I'm gonna play for that. I have to practice. I have the first rehearsals tomorrow, so I have to I have to brush up on those. Even though I wrote it, I think this is always funny. Like it doesn't matter that I wrote it I still have to practice a lot like I think people people assume maybe especially non-musicians like oh you're a composer you just like
0: no (laughs) sit
1: down I need the music I need to practice I'm sure gonna get nervous and screw it up oh sure maybe hopefully not
0: well uh yeah uh, Yeah. uh, my friend Eric Mm -hmm. wrote this piece called um Equus and Mm -hmm. Equus is a really complicated piece polyrhythmic and, and, and uh, just crazy. I mean, it's just really crazy, and he gets nervous the same way. Uh-huh. And we went to the Hollywood Bowl and watched Dudamel struggle with it too. So say, <laughs> know, it's, uh, it, it definitely does happen. Yeah. Um, do you find that singing as an accompanist is a totally different thing than sitting at the piano and plunking something out by yourself?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I get very nervous. You do um, performing still. Yeah. I mean, I've I've learned to. It's like public speaking, like yeah. I've learned to deal with it. Yeah but, yeah. but I'm very much an introvert and if I had my way I would just be at home by myself. Yeah. Like all the time. <laughs> now have you ever tried
0: I, I this is kind of a personal question, but have you hmm. ever tried beta blockers?
1: No. No. Although I have I can be an anxious person. Like I can get anxious about things, and sure. I've just I've learned. Like I do yoga sometimes now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm I'm trying to establish a meditation practice. And that's not really that's hard. Let's talk to about do, that. But, yeah,
0: I try. I've tried the same thing. Yeah, and I know very well that it really does help me. Yeah, but I just don't do it.
1: Yeah, it's... I don't know if that's like a self-destructive. Because th- I, I do the same thing, and I I always wonder. Like when I do yoga, it it feels like a drug. Like right. you feel. It just you're so can, much piece, yeah more peaceful so, mm-hmm. the whole day yeah and I've noticed too usually it's the day after as well like yeah. it just lasts for like 48 hours um and I had been really good about doing it like five Regularly. days a week mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and then and then you make excuses not to do it things come up and you're like oh well I don't have time even if it's 20 minutes and that would yeah. make your next 48 hours easier so I don't I don't know yeah, why what about I don't know I have the same <laughs> thing. So I. I did... wish I, I did Sorry. I did yoga this morning though so oh, you that's did. good yeah and well, I walk a lot too although that's do
0: you live in a, in a neighborhood um,
1: that, that's yeah nice. I'm in I'm in Eagle Rock and so it's oh, nice cool. I'm actually I think I'm pretty close to where Grant lives uh-huh. which is oh, kind of yeah, funny yeah, but yeah. um so you Eagle Rock is, is great saying. no no <laughs> <laughs> no although I think I mailed something to him once and I and I looked up I was like, like oh, wait oh wait that's like really close to me that's cool um but no, it's a wonderful neighborhood. That's it's nice, yeah, yeah it's and really, it's very, it's very walkable. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Great with the, melee. With the,
0: with the meditation thing, I read this this great book written by a uh, uh, news anchor who had this meltdown on air. His mm-hmm. name is Dan Harris, and um,
1: oh, I've uh, heard about this yeah, book, but I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't read called. it yet. It's but
0: really fantastic. It
1: keeps popping up.
0: And it was written from a skeptic's point of view. I'm very skeptical about mm-hmm. all that stuff, and, and he really sold the idea of meditation to me, and I tried it for a couple weeks, just literally 10 minutes a day, yep. and I felt so much better, yep. and then I stopped. Yeah. And I, I just cannot seem to get myself back Yeah. onto it. Maybe. I've
1: been trying to do five minutes, which is, I, it's the difference between five and 10 is five minutes. <laughs> like it's negligible, <laughs> and usually once you're sitting down already, but I really think it is, I think composing is like this too, where it's the act of sitting down to do it, that yeah. is the hard part. Like once you're there, Oh, so I you're mean, not
0: compelled to compose?
1: I I force myself to it's kind of like with the, the piano lessons, like uh-huh. when I was seven or uh-huh. whatever, where um just getting myself to sit down on the piano bench or at the computer yeah. is the hard part. And then the second I start, I'm I'm in, I'm it's like my favorite thing to do yeah. in the world, but I will make up every excuse to not I will go like even yesterday I have this deadline on Monday, right? Yeah. So I went and i I did the dishes, and I folded some laundry, <laughs> and like I hate it's like all these things that I will not do normally. You I'm did like so I know yeah. Right? yeah, but um, yeah, but then once I'm there, once I start it's it's amazing it's, and yeah,
0: that's really refreshing to hear So I'm glad, <laughs> yeah, I' glad to hear you say that do, when you get in the middle of composing something, does it does it consume everything of your about your day, or do you it sounds like you really compartmentalize? your time do you ever get caught up where you just can't think about anything else
1: I do um or
0: is it more of an exercise the... like like Stephen King exercises by writing yeah pages it of kind that. of
1: it kind of is like that where I try I try not to judge it I try not to I mean in the moment you can come up with something and then be like that's a horrible idea yeah, I have to yeah, come up yeah, with yeah. something better but yeah. beyond that like write it down and then move on to something else um but oh. it's there is um I, I do I call it composer brain like Uh when you stop composing and then you have to function like you have to talk to people or like go out where i'm just in this fog and i think my my boyfriend has learned that if he tries to talk to me then i just i'm like kind of incoherent my sentences trail off and like i make no sense so yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. composer brain yeah so a, a thing but oh that's interesting yeah but i need like half an hour of doing nothing or like looking at Facebook or something, you know, something really mindless to kind of come back into myself.
0: So I see. So you're not the type that'll sit up till three in the morning, just composing, composing, composing.
1: I will if I have a deadline, but usually it's, I work best afternoons I've learned. I don't know why. So I do, I tend to do emails mornings and then composing in the afternoon. You sound a
0: lot like Sean Kirchner.
1: Yeah. Well, I I loved his description of the, the like elf time and the, Yeah. yeah, because I'm not quite that organized with With how things it's not that exact and again if there's a deadline coming i'll just i'll compose as much as needed until the piece gets done but i i function best starting around like 1 or 2 p.m
0: like a real job just
1: yeah although then i then i kind of beat myself up about it because i'm like oh i should be starting at like 10 a.m but that that's not that's stupid because it's like my internal same, composing clock. Yeah. I, I just that's problem. when I start functioning. Do you think, what do you
0: think that's about? Do you think that's about our culture mm-hmm. not accepting the us as as legitimate uh, important workers or what what
1: maybe. Or or like the value on having a I'm I'm actually trying not to use the phrase real job anymore, but yeah. having a nine to five yeah. or working a lot of hours and, you know, you make a lot of money at your job and yeah. And so artists, it's like, well, we don't conform to that anyway. But then sometimes we really don't conform to that, and yeah. we start working at 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. And we need to sometimes like, sleep in or sure. or whatever. And I I don't know. It's
0: but then you feel guilty about it.
1: But that yeah. No matter but, how productive. But you are. it's it's like an internal clock. Like it's just how it's like people who stay up late naturally versus go to bed early yeah. naturally. Like y- you shouldn't beat yourself up about that because that's just who you are. What your internal clock does and how you sink to Uh, you know what
0: you know the risk though I think is that when you find yourself in a position where like how am I gonna pay the rent this month or what what's Mm -hmm. it's things are really tight. That's when I start beating myself up. Yeah. And I think what have I done? Yeah why have I been getting up at ten for ten years? (laughs) Yeah. I I could have avoided this problem that I'm having now. I must be this, this, this and this. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. No, I definitely I still I still do that where I'm like why didn't I get a nine to five and like why am I doing this stupid yeah. thing that is making a life of composing and yeah. uncertainty and not necessarily knowing if the commission money is gonna especially when it's commissions it's like here's a lot of money and then if nothing happens for five months yeah. <laughs> like that's, right. that's completely or even you know Two months later depending on how much i know
0: when i tell people for, how much i make yeah. an hour at the opera and how much i get paid for performances they, their eyebrows always go mm-hmm. up and then i'm like yeah but it's only but it, that's not it's, right it's you're not doing that hours a night not, yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's not great now when you you said it's funny because i see i'm starting to see this tell me if i'm right i see this picture of you that where you're very pragmatic about the uh work that you do in other words. You don't seem to be like the tortured artist
1: no, that I have not, seen before. In some, I people. mean, I'll I'll beat myself up about everything except for the actual act of composing. Usually, and the work and, itself, and the work itself, and that I seem I've, to
0: objectify the work pretty easily.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's I, I. It's taken me a while to get to this point, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty good, and I have off days too. Like this is not sure a normal thing, but usually, if I'm sitting down to, sitting down to compose, I will get something done and i will i will write it down Mm -hmm. and i don't um i do you're not tortured over it no Mm -hmm. no and then i'll put it aside and the next day maybe i'll be like this is awful why Mm -hmm. did i do this Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. um but in the moment i've gotten very good at just putting it down and literally every other aspect of my career i will find something to worry about (laughs) 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 but but composing i i have got down isn't that I don't know why that...
0: So I would imagine is, because but... of that attitude, you don't have trouble letting things go and being published and performed. Yeah. Like
1: I mean, well, <laughs> that's um, my... Do you rewrite
0: up to the, up to the premiere? I, mean, I will.
1: Work? I thought it was really funny, actually, on Sean's interview talking about when he's in the group, like when it's the LA Master Corral, yeah. he will just keep fussing with it to keep it... I think he said to keep it in the womb. Yeah. And I just thought that was really funny because I just had a a 35 minute piece uh, premiered and then recorded Mm -hmm. and was making changes in the recording session. Right. Like I'm sure my, the, my collaborator and the conductor maybe wanted to kill me, but he's, I think he's used to it by now. Um,
0: Oh, so that, so is that a typical? But I won't, I
1: won't do that if it's some, that was because I was there for the whole process. I was there for most of the rehearsals and the whole, all the recordings Mm -hmm. helping produce and, um, yeah. But usually if I'm, if I'm sending it out and then I pop in at the last moment and come to the dress rehearsal, I'll be like, Oh, <clears throat> let's take that a little faster or something, you know? And that's it. Yeah. Uh, and then if I have any other changes, like change the dynamics, I'll change that after the premiere and then it's done. Okay. Yeah.
0: Do you ever conduct your but, own pieces?
1: I no. You I don't. am. a. I, I don't want to say I'm a terrible conductor cause I'm just, I'm just not a conductor. Maybe I would be okay. i took a few conducting classes in grad school That makes
0: you you're a conductor.
1: i enjoyed them yeah, yeah. <laughs> i could if i had to like if yeah. you put a gun to my head and yeah. I, like conduct your piece i'd yeah. be like oh okay um what's the
0: apprehension i i
1: don't i don't know i it's just it's something i haven't maybe i feel like i haven't studied enough or, or is would it be bad at or you, it's the like going up in, in front of lots of people and having to be good while not screwing up. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: But I'm, you... I'm much happier behind a piano.
0: But do you ever watch somebody conducting your piece and think, oh, he's, he's just not doing it right. That's uh, just not right.
1: I ha- I have before. Yeah. It's rare. Yeah. It's rare. Yeah. But...
0: I don't know why I said he or she. <laughs> this person's doing it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's very rare and has happened, but yeah.
0: And what do you do? Just, do you just you grit just... your teeth? You
1: that's where you just you're like okay this is the performance this performance happens and then and then another performance happens and i use yeah. that recording and i yeah, use yeah. yeah yeah okay but no i've been i've been lucky to work with some really wonderful wonderful conductors too but
0: so it seems like in your in, in your primary function as a human which is <laughs> composing you have the least amount of anxiety. But the most amount of anxiety on other aspects of your life and just everyday things. Yeah. Yeah, that I think you're pretty lucky. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And what's uh, mm. what's coming up? What are you working on now?
1: Well, I have the, the two deadlines this month. Yeah. Um so one of those one of them I actually I wrote the text for, but oh, I don't know. Was this
0: a first? It's a
1: yeah. Or technically technically no, because I wrote like two sentences for a one minute Coral piece that was part of something bigger which okay. doesn't really count i don't okay. know Te- technically it counts um but this is a spoken um it's the instrumentalists are playing and speaking and that's is we'll it hard see. to see i haven't done that, right, right that before well that was that's what the commission was for oh, it is. so yeah Who is for, it the, for? He- the helix collective um in la they're uh they're really they'll do a lot of different uh different things like they'll do world music and they'll do they've um played like live film scores with short films before and yeah, yeah. things and they're really ambitious and yeah kind of out there sometimes which i love
0: and are you looking but... for any um mm-hmm. like composer in residence type programs or are you past that
1: i i mean well is that
0: something that interests you
1: in terms of being composer in residence with a group yeah. like that's that's always something that i would that i would do and mm-hmm. i've um I've, done that once with uh nova vocal ensemble mm-hmm. in again in glendale mm-hmm. um but in terms of, i actually have I, i've sort of retired from contests i've decided yeah i know as a singer because you end up doing yeah where i just i've i've applied to so many and i i've started judging like every once in a while i'm on the judging panel for mm-hmm. things too and i'm mm-hmm. just i'm like i'm i think i'm done i don't yeah. know because that's a lot of work too just to keep track of, of everything and yeah, yeah
0: of course all right so what else okay. do you want to plug anything else what do i want to plug <laughs> yeah what do we what do we miss
1: um i mean the out al- the album is like the thing that i'm most excited Tell about. Me about that's it. it's so it's um it's all of my core it's not all of my choral works but the whole album will be my choral works uh-huh. um and that's with choral arts initiative uh, brandon elliott's the director and they're mm-hmm. based in orange county mm-hmm. uh, in newport beach mm-hmm. and um it's got a 35 minute secular requiem for virtuosic acapella choir that I wrote. That's eight movements and uh, the b- longest thing I've written so far.
0: And what got you thinking about that? Why did you write that?
1: I've, I've wanted to for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to work with texts by living poets. Mm-hmm. So I knew that if I did, I'm also a, a very secular person. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Which is kind of funny because a I do. House, household at all? I I did. I was raised Episcopalian, mm-hmm. um, and I, I say secular. I'm secular when it comes to organized religion, okay. and then I I feel like there are. I mean, I love like yoga and meditating and so all of these things that are person. that are spiritual. You right?
0: believe in some higher power.
1: I I I don't know. Or
0: is it Mother Nature?
1: I I don't know I don't know what I believe I would like how about this I would like to believe that yeah. there is something out there that's greater than all of us you know but, I
0: would too yeah, yeah. I find, I'm I because I'm an atheist and I find yeah. I feel like
1: I usually say I'm agnostic because I but I'm like atheist agnostic something kind of I don't know yeah, My hoping theory I'm is wrong that I'll find
0: out soon enough yeah, yeah and if whoever I meet is so mad at at me for not slaughtering a, a goat or something right. I, you know I'm like all right well right I guess I lose right right,
1: <laughs> right. I yeah I feel much much the same way about yeah. all of that yeah like yeah, if yeah. I'm wrong then that's wonderful that's great I guess. I, I would be happy I to be wrong that... about
0: it gives They're me a not lot of anxiety.
1: Yeah. Oh no, me, me too. That's actually why I wrote the piece to bring this what, back it about? to that. It. What's well, it's a requiem, but um, it's a requiem in the sense that it's about uh, confronting death. Yeah. But it's also about confronting your own mortality.
0: From an atheistic or agnostic point. Of well, view. from a
1: secular, from okay. a secular point of view. Okay. Yeah. It's not. It's very much not like an atheist requiem or it just happens tonight it's not like yeah. there is no god Worms, you know it's just <laughs> <laughs> it's very very much um just can we because i i find it terrifying to think about my own death as someone who is agnostic we tell you have kids and yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. terrifying yeah i can imagine but it's, it's i don't know the whole thing
0: tell me about the text makes... anyway where would
1: you find it? <laughs> um it's Poets that I've all worked with before. So it's three: it's uh, Laura Foley, Amy, uh, Amy Flurry, and Barbara Crooker, okay. Um, who I've set, I've set at least one of their poems. Um, Barbara for, Uh Crooker. Oh, Crooker. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking of the painter. She, okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, Barbara, I've set I think like ten plus okay. of her poems before. And before you get really into cool. the actual text yeah.
0: of the the requiem, where did you meet all these poets? How did how did that happen? I
1: found some of them so. Uh, I found some of them through a call for poems um, for a song cycle that I wrote and recorded five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, or I wrote it seven years ago. What do you mean a call it? for poets? Uh, uh, so my aunt, who's a poet, um, mm-hmm. Julie Kane, she put out uh, on a listserv, she put out a call for uh, fairy tale poems. So poems retelling fairy tales in like weird, twisted ways. Okay. Um, and then I got all these all these responses and picked uh, 12 of the texts that I wanted to use and i've been working with um i think it's three maybe three or four of those poets a lot Mm -hmm. uh ever since Mm -hmm. um particularly barbara and then actually found amy through my aunt's recommendation Mm -hmm. as well she sent me one of amy's poems back in 2012 and Mm -hmm. i set it last year for this project Mm -hmm. so that took a while but um i knew i wanted to set it someday and then laura i found through barbara she saw on barbara i think on barbara's facebook page that i'd set I've been setting barbara's poems and so she was like you could consider my poems if you want and i love her work nice yeah
0: okay so tell me about the text how did uh first of all what uh was this a commission
1: it's yeah it was what
0: gives you the idea to write a a secular requiem it was
1: a a moment of really good timing where i happened to mention to brandon the director Mm -hmm. uh that i wanted to write well I happened to mention that I wanted to someday record an album of my choral works Mm -hmm. and he said that they'd been thinking about doing that uh, and that they'd want a big piece Mm -hmm. uh, to premiere and then to record on the album, like Mm -hmm. a multi-movement larger work Mm -hmm. and then i happened to have been thinking about this secular requiem idea and and sort of it's just because it's something i think about a lot and am very again anxious about yeah (laughs) yeah i just because there's no there's no answer if you don't necessarily believe in god again i hope i'm wrong and who knows but it's just terrifying to think of yourself and like the little voice in your head that is you just completely uh, People
0: would would describe it as your soul right Right. I mean the thing that makes you who you are outside of the shell of your body yeah I have the same same
1: yeah and so there's no
0: I'm in love with that part of me and I don't want to see it just
1: evaporate and that's and you you wouldn't see it evaporate because there would be no you to see like it just it's awful yeah Um, but I wrote the piece uh, partially as a as a way to work through that so to work through my own anxiety and it didn't obviously I'm there Again, there is no answer, and so I'm not going to feel completely at peace with this probably ever until yeah, yeah. I am dead, I yeah, guess. I <laughs> guess, or not. <laughs> to <Yeah>. get really <laughs> morbid about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way, the, the poetry is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, like Amy's poem, it's the last movement of the piece, um, and it's talking about, uh, it's, it's like a completely secular spin on um, on the body decomposing mm-hmm. in a really beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Which... in that
0: way we do have immortality if you look at it yeah. that way from a physics yeah. standpoint right we're all just atoms and we go back to being right exactly just arranged in a different way
1: yeah and so that it's just a gorgeous poem and it even before i said it just reading it makes me feel better hmm. about that hmm. in that it is it's like we all go back to nature and hmm. uh, anyway. everything's eternal yeah yeah but what about the but what but about so the, the rest of guy that makes
0: lists about going yeah. to Target. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what happens to that part?
1: Yeah. So the rest of the piece part of it's about um well so the the framing narrative is how do we confront our own mortality in the uh-huh. face of the death of a loved one? So in that sense it is a requiem. So there's a nine or er, seven to nine I thought it was nine minutes then we recorded it. I think now it's seven. I don't know. Okay. But a seven to nine minute movement. Um called requiescat with a text by it's one of barbara cooker's texts uh-huh. um and then that that whole poem is about uh, it keeps coming back to let go let go and it's talking to the person who someone who is on their deathbed have you in gone a way. through
0: anything like
1: that i mean i've i've lost i've lost uh grandparents, grandparents. i've lost close family friends uh-huh. um i'm lucky in that i like my parents are alive my, like i i haven't
0: so there gone through the kind of
1: no really and that's kind of the weird thing about this yeah. piece <clears throat> is it's not i think people hear that i wrote it and they assume that i just went through that's, the yeah, kind that's of why, earth-shattering yeah. loss that happens but it is it's as much and I, I was thinking about the death of some uh some family friends mm-hmm. that was kind of near the the writing of the piece mm-hmm. um and and working through that uh but it is it's it's also just about the process of how we question our own uh, our our own existence, existence. And, uh, yeah yeah, which makes it sound really like deep and heavy, but it has moments of um lightness too, like it's not like a very but but it's no not answers well not not, not necessarily like except for <laughs> except for. Amy's piece, right, there's no and then the trumpets and then blow the, yeah, and you're yeah, yeah right. The big and yeah. Everything's awesome. Yeah, no, know. But Amy's poem is kind of close to that, like in the everything is awesome sense and that it's like one. let a let a pink peony bloom from my chest. Like that's the Oh it's, that's lovely. it's beautiful. It's a beautiful poem. Um I'll I'll email it to you or, I or something. It, I need it. Um, so, yeah, I need it right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it really cause that's I think that's um as a a secular person that's kind of the closest to an answer maybe we'll we get is just to think about our what happens to i don't know to kind of stop stop thinking about the loss of the person writing to-do lists and target lists and and to think about uh outside of our body what is our lasting influence and
0: i you know it's funny because i i remember thinking about this when i was a an early teenager. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. as an early teenager, we all think about that, right? Yeah, we read, yeah. We read Catcher in the Rye, and then everything goes right. To shitter, so, um, but uh, I still struggle with. It. I mean, I'm 46 years old. I've got kids. Um, I worry about, like, lately, I've been worrying about the loss that they will face when mm-hmm. I go, and how, how I am not giving them the tools to deal with that in a Judeo-Christian sense. Which I think mm-hmm. so many people find solace in, I and mean, it's why mm-hmm. so many requiems have been written, and mm-hmm. so many. Um, Yeah, so maybe, m- maybe I'll, I'll, I might be your first customer on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <but, laughs> <laughs> this recording <laughs> played around the house That's, for a few years, and yeah, you know, let that be their religion. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: because we we don't have that framework in place aside from organized religion to give any sort of. Comfort or reassurance in well, the face of death. Well, there's nothing there's... in our social vernacular to be yeah.
0: in the, for, for us. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. And I feel like atheism, and uh, I, nowadays at least, is being associated with, you know, like communism and fascism.
1: Right. And right.
0: I feel like uh, I f- most of the people that I know are secular. At best, atheist yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah. A lot of them, and they're the most decent people that I know. Yeah. Those, oh, I I agree. Yeah. It's yeah. And the Mormons. Those, are the, the two, Mormon, those, the those Mormon. are the ones I like the best. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've <laughs> got some great friends that are Mormon. I swear they are the nicest, yeah. most uh, comforting people to be around. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Listen, it was great having you on the show. It was. Yeah. I really yeah, it was great really appreciate you coming you. over. Yeah. And uh, it was nice meeting you. Thanks again. You too. Well, there you have it, folks, the lovely and talented Dale Trumbor. Thanks, Dale, for coming all the way over to my uh, little studio here in the hills. Check out her website, com. She's got tons of uh, great recordings, beautiful composition. She's a, a very talented uh, writer, and I think she's going to do just fine. I also want to thank Levi Petrie and Sean Novak for being such cool dudes. I mean, I really screwed up your interview, guys, and I hope we can get you in the next day or two to promote your saturday august 20th concert at villains tavern downtown la nine o'clock and it's free i also want to thank uh gregory geiger for helping me with my awesome theme song I'm still loving it buddy why don't you go to www.laclassical.com and check him out tell him i said hi and I want to thank all you folks for listening to my podcast. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to talk to, to you again. You like long walks and you wear clean pants. Genius. Get on to my show.